0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the No Shot Clock Podcast. You are listening to episode 36 of the No Shot Clock Podcast. And just a reminder, please rate and review us on iTunes if you can. You can also listen to us on Stitcher. I am Joe Henrickson of the City Suburban Hoops Report, and with me is Michael O'Brien of the Chicago Sun-Times. And we're going to again take your questions, a whole bunch of them again. We're going to do our two takes, and we're going to also preview what is a big high school basketball weekend coming up. uh, After a few Weekends, Mike, of I don't know, some so so games and not, not a whole lot of anticipation. I think we got a lot coming up this weekend.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's obvious we have no central schedule maker in the high school basketball world because that, um, you know, theoretical commissioner would not put the city suburban shootout, the public league title game, and the Catholic league title game all within three days. <laughs> it seems kind of silly. It's too bad we couldn't split that up over the next couple weekends, but that's the way it is. So it is going to be a wild, jam-packed weekend.
0: Yeah, a lot of questions, I know, Mike, that are, that we have, and you want to get started with those? And then... Yeah,
1: yeah. Thanks, everybody. I know we put out the call a lot later than usual because we were recording an early edition of this one in honor of President's Day. <laughs> so, uh, Thanks for so quickly um, hitting us with these questions. Um, So there's been even less planning than normal (laughs) for these uh, answers, just so you guys know. But let's start out with, um, this one's from Roundball Junkie, who I believe is a first-time question asker. And this is one that Joe and I did not have. We literally received this question about 10 minutes ago. Um, Coaching carousel. What high school coaching jobs do you know or think will become available after this season ends, due to retirement, slash firings, slash etc.
0: The problem with this question, Mike, is the two or three names I could throw out there are coaches who have confided in me that this might be it, and they're done, but they don't want anybody to know. So, uh, (laughs) as far as stepping down retirements, you know, I I don't know. I I mean, I can't really talk about publicly, because I just can't, but Reti- uh, the, the, the official retirements are you aware of any that are stepping down
1: not after this year after next year like bob uh, williams bob williams right um and there's been a lot of i haven't talked to him about it but i think rich kehoe is nearing the end mm-hmm. um, i'm not sure if it's going to be this year next year whatever i think it's kind of crazy how big of a job that would be job opening
0: it's a very good high school basketball job and a good location and a good league. Uh, But yeah, mine are just a couple of names who aren't close to retirement, but just thinking about stepping away. So that'll be interesting to see with those names. And then firings, high school firings are, they usually pop out of nowhere because it's not like college where you have hot seats and publicly we know who they are. Uh, But there will probably be a couple that are unexpected.
1: Yeah, I haven't, you know, during the season, I don't think about that a whole lot. I mean, last year it was kind of obvious that things were coming to an end for Ron Ashlaw and Bloom mm-hmm. uh, all season long. We don't have one of those going on um, that I'm aware of, one of those situations. I will say, you know, just to talk a little bit about coaching carousel-ish stuff, something I've been thinking about and talking about some people about, and I have no idea if this guy wants to leave his current job. No clue at all. But after watching Lincoln Way Central – Um, and Bob Curran is the coach there. A lot of you will know him from his Thornwood years. Um, I think he also had a stop at Lincoln Way North. He's he's lightened up a little bit. (laughs) I think Bob would even agree with that. Um, Not quite, you know, the the kids are playing a lot more. He's letting the Lincoln Way Central kids play. Even after the game, he was done pretty quick talking. You know, Bob used to take a long time after a loss. Um, So I think he's kind of just settled down a bit. And I think that, coupled with kind of what he has... You know, what he did with those Thornton team, Thornwood teams. Boy, if you if Bob Curran wound up somewhere in the south suburbs with a lot of talent again, I think that'd be a really special recipe. And there are also an awful lot of underachieving teams right now. In the south suburbs that i imagine with bob Curran at the helm would be really interesting so that is my uh, unsolicited advice to all
0: ad's <laughs> maybe uh, and it's hard in high school basketball to get coaches to ch- i mean it's just a different environment as far as the the job status the tenure the uh the, the districts and the, the pay in districts Uh, You know, that all comes into play. It's not like college, obviously, where you can go out and create your own. Now, some schools will, you know, sweeten the pot a little bit if they can. But it is just a completely different hiring situation in high school.
1: Yeah, it's almost it's an extra job. In the suburbs. You know, you have to have a, a real job if you hire them for, and then there's a coaching job comes along. But anyway, um, that's something we'll keep an eye on over the next few weeks. Um, but no, I, I haven't heard, even I've heard less than Joe has. If he knows about two, um, I, I've heard very little. Um, moving on here, we have Joe Cermak with questions. He's got two. What is your opinion on potential Chicago Public League dominance across three classes in the playoffs? Is it? He's talking about the state playoffs. Is it good or bad for the overall health of IHSA hoops?
0: I think it's. It depends on how far along the state tournament trail you're talking. I think it's kind of bad, in the sense, and not necessarily if. I think that the the question is more geared around winning state titles in 4A, 3A, 2A, whatever. I don't like it, Mike, when you have multiple teams from the public league in each class down in Peoria. I I, I like – I'm kind of speaking against what I believe in. Getting the best teams there sometimes is what I like the most. But I do like the different feel, the different geographical part of it. And when you get a couple of teams – when you have four teams in one class and two of them are public league teams, let's say in 4A and maybe one of them is in 3A and so you got three of your eight – I don't know. I, I don't know if if that's what the consensus of high school basketball fans want.
1: Yeah, I hate that. Um, no doubt about it. I'm all into the geographical representation. I'm I'm totally cool that we hold a city tournament, which people take very seriously. Don't listen to people who tell you that they don't. And to me, that's enough. I don't need to see two teams out of the four be um, public league teams downstate. However. Um, I think where my mind went with this question wasn't towards the three classes. And what Joe was talking about is the fact that Orr could very well be, you know, be in win 2A, Morgan Park 3A, Simeon or Curie or Kenwood or somebody 4A. And yet, no, that would not be good for high school basketball. I'm sorry. But bigger, the bigger issue to me, it's not good for city basketball. I don't like it when... We've got these super teams now, and we've had it for the last five years at least in the public league. It's bad for the public league. You know, not too long ago, even when I started this job, you know, and or, or just was a fan, there would be a, a D1 player on most of the good red teams, or at least a D1 quality player. Now, like I'm going to do the All-City team later this week. You've got contenders. You know, I could have almost an All-City first and second team just from Simeon, you know, in Morgan Park, and that's bad for the city. It was much better when there was a D1-bound kid, you know, over at Dunbar, and there was a D1 kid, you know, at King, and it just kind of went that way. Instead, it seems now those kids may start their freshman sophomore year, and then they transfer. And we wind up with these AAU like super teams, and that's really hurting city basketball in my mind.
0: Well, the four classes has screwed up so many things, and one of them is this whole state title, state championship, true your true state champion, a big school, small school, which we had, which everything was everybody was fine with. I mean, everybody loved it. You had your small school, you had your big school. Now, Morgan Park wins a three A. Simeon, let's I'm just saying, let's say they win a four A. They're from the same conference. <laughs> they're, they're what six miles apart from each other? Yeah. Uh, and, and they play each other. You don't have, I guess you could say, the de facto state champion, if that were to happen, would be this coming Friday when Morgan Park and Simeon have the rubber match. But I, I just, it just kind of, but that's not the city's fault. It's the state's fault of we don't have your yeah. true state champion.
1: Yeah, the public league's success helps p- illuminate how stupid four class basketball is <laughs> because teams in the same conference. I mean what uh, it would be possible we could have uh, if we had a Whitney Young and a Marshall and an orr win state, we could have three Red West teams <laughs> win class four, three and two a, which would really be uh, you know what it's totally it's not totally possible, but it's not out of the realm of possibility this year to have Young North Lawndale and orr win, <laughs> which we would have it
0: yeah it mean, it's that... so
1: stupid right um, anyway, we've been through that a few million times. Mm-hmm um joseph miller with the next question who i think is a first time question asker he says i love to listen to the podcast here are my questions who is in the lead for jordan goodwin from belleville althoff we'll start with that one joe i'm sure a lot of people have this question
0: yeah it's uh i mean illinois was in there deep early on uh, one of the first few high majors to offer him if not the first uh missouri has been right there as well purdue is right there um a lot more Big Ten schools are getting involved. But, I mean, I think Missouri, Illinois, and Purdue are all, you know, very high on Jordan Goodwin's, you know, list right now. And, and you know, he is, to me, uh, a player who you have to have, an at the high major level, an acquired taste for. I don't think there's any doubt he's a high major player. But I think high major coaches, going back a year ago, Question the whole size, position, can't sh- shoot it very well, that kind of thing. But he transcends so many different things that it, it, it doesn't matter. So,
1: do, do you ever want to slap <laughs> major coaches in the face? Yeah. No, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, wow.
0: There, at all levels. I mean, uh. there, there, it, there's different opinions. I get it. Uh, there's production versus the, the, the whole size, length, athleticism thing is just taken over.
1: It's ridiculous.
0: It has absolutely taken over.
1: It's a fluid game. And now that we
0: have gone that direction for, I would say, a good decade, you see it swinging back to coaches calling and asking, hey, anybody can make a shot? (laughs) Is there some shooters out there? (laughs) And and to me, that's what I love. I like guys that can put the ball in the basket, and particularly perimeter shooters that can – Stretch the defense, all that, and we're getting to the whole evaluation process. But it is, it is they you know. I think they are, are are swaying a little bit back towards the productive, skilled uh, player, uh, as opposed to the physically, beautifully, well-built basketball specimen who they think they can mold into a player.
1: Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, I'm almost done even like arguing or thinking about it. I think it's kind of ridiculous. I had a. Big Ten assistant asked me about one kid last week who, I mean, at worst, he's going to be second team All-City, he's a junior, he's on one of the top teams in the area, he, he could be a, you know, All-Player of the Year contender next year. He's asking me if I really think he's a high major player or a D1 player or whatever. Like, I looked that well, wait I that's a, a
0: big difference d1 versus high
1: yeah, it was d1 I think it, what it, both of them are ridiculous questions to me I mean it's like come on I just uh whatever um next question from Joseph I'm glad I don't have to deal with that stuff uh next question from <laughs> from Joseph Miller I mean I would lose it on these people I mean it just what isn't like John Conchar dominating the little level they took him at already as a freshman I mean that, yes that was so obvious that
0: some he, lower level schools should have been on him but Anyway, I, I mean, low Division One, high Division Two are very comparable. I mean, that's they're basically the same level, even though people don't know that.
1: Um, I think Loyola could use John Contrar. Let's just put it that way. Um, can Morgan Park beat Belleville? Altough, um, I guess is what Joseph's talking about. Um,
0: yes, I mean they can. Yeah. I mean, I, I again, we talked about this last week a lot. Uh, I think they're the two best teams from the start of the season. I think they're the two best teams now at the end of the season. And I think the two will play for the state championship. Now, they could, one of them could get upset. They had a big game. Altoff played uh, Centralia, which is a ranked 3A team. And I think they beat them by like seven or eight. So it's, you know, they'll probably meet again in March. Uh, and it, it's, um, I, I just think Morgan Park and Altoff are destined to play each other in the state championship. Now, it doesn't mean that it'll happen for sure, but I think they're the two best teams. And I think for fun of it, Altoff's a three and a half point favorite nice. <laughs> right now.
1: I think um, Saturday was a an interesting game. The Morgan Park North Lawndale, and to me, it meant more than any game I've seen Morgan Park play. I've seen all their big games this year, and because this one was different. Instead of Jaron Randall or Cam Irvin stepping up to save the day, you know, along with Charlie Moore, of course, it was the bigs, and I hadn't seen that all year. Alonzo Chapman was consistently very good from start to finish in that game, in a game in which they desperately needed him. Romello Burrell came in and had a couple of huge baskets for them. You know, all the bigs played well. Much better than I'd seen all year. They were out-rebounded by North Lawndale. I think it's the only time I've seen... I'm almost positive. It's the only time I've seen North or Morgan Park out-rebounded all year. They were just under duress in a, in a tough gym the whole time, and the bigs came and played. And that's something that I'm not sure Belleville-Altoff could handle. If they can continue to improve like that... Through this, through the playoff run and in the state playoffs, that's an advantage that Morgan Park really could have over altoff that I'm not so I wasn't so sold just a week ago that they would have. You know, I wasn't sure those guys were going to be ready to play at a higher level, but it looks like that's a little bit more possible I think than it was previously.
0: But we're going to have to see that a little bit more consistently for yeah. sure. Uh, but it, again, I, I I I think those two teams. We'll play each other, and it's your, your, your two best. That, that's the game I've wanted all year, Mike, and uh, they came close to playing each other. They just played at opposite times <laughs> down in Old Fallon, back-to-back games against other opponents. So I, 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 it's a highly anticipated matchup if it, if it, if it happens that way.
1: Uh, Joe's got some, Joseph Miller has some more questions. Who wins the St. Joe's rematch for the Catholic League championship? I'm going to stop right there. I have no confidence that those schools will be playing. For the Catholic League Championship. This tournament has continued to be wacky. and I, got,
0: I mean, we talked about this last week, too. I mean, I think Fenwick gets there. I think Fenwick wins. But
1: look at what Lawrence and, uh, what do you call it, Providence are doing.
0: Mm, yeah, I don't care. Fenwick wins. Done.
1: All right. He's got it. Um,
0: <laughs> I, 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 f- but you're right. I you know those Catholic League... Teams always pop up, and and it's uh,
1: happening. I mean, it's been happening. Lawrence right. and Deer or Lawrence and uh, what do you call it? Providence are beating everyone again. Right. It's very weird. Um. Finally, with the you know actually St. Lawrence was an interesting team when I saw them. They were capable. They'd missed some guys from football that were working back in. I'm not totally shocked by any of their results so far. Um. And De La Salle or sorry, um, the Providence. We know that this is like. I don't even know what the word is. They own the Catholic League tournament, so we, we should not doubt them. And then this is an interesting question. Uh, last one from Joseph Miller. Finally, with the added importance of AAU basketball, do any of the top hoop stars play other sports anymore?
0: Well, it's just real quick, I just wrote about this last week. I think it's really interesting that the Altov team, every single one of their guys except for one, played football. And they're all major contributors. They all played wide receiver, wingback, tight end. From Jordan Goodwin to Tarkus Ferguson to C.J. Coleman. Like names we don't know, but I mean, these guys all were part of a Belleville Alta football team that went 13 and 0 and lost in a state championship football game. And they one of their losses was early in the year when all those guys were still coming back. So that's just I don't know if that's ever. I can't recall that ever happening. Uh, where an entire team played football,
1: they have to, um, or not have to, but they have to play two. They have to be in two activities. It's part of. I covered that game, so I was no a t-
0: state a state championship. Oh game. yeah, no, I'm uh, sh- in bas- a basketball state champion with that many.
1: I, I I'm sure it has in the past. That there was just too many people doing it. I mean, even when I was in high school, um, they didn't win state, but like the Julia Township. We were number one in basketball and football, and there were at least six kids that played both back then. It
0: was just so much more common. Oh, it was more common. I'm just talking at a high level. Yeah, I would imagine state, over the last 100 year.
1: years, yeah, they're, that there oh, definitely yeah. have been. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: I'm, um, I'm recently, staying no. Staying in more modern times. Yeah. So.
1: Um, I mean, the Thornton teams, you know, they didn't quite get through to the basketball state title. Well, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think it was probably pretty common. Um, what, what's interesting now to me is there are a lot of football players that play basketball, but not a lot of basketball players that play football anymore. Um, I'm not really sure why, you know, Kendrick Pryor
0: use a big part of that.
1: Yeah. Kendrick Pryor has a scholarship to Wisconsin and wide receiver, and he's the best player on the HF basketball team. Um, Laquan Treadwell, you know,
0: last year. I like I loved him by the way as a basketball yeah, player. Yeah,
1: basketball player. Um who else is currently The Glenbard West quarterback plays on the team, the basketball team. And we're missing some other bigger. Oh, um Sam Taylor. You know, the quarterback for Thornton is playing basketball. Um so yeah, it seems to be but you, you never get like a top 10 basketball player anymore, you know, playing football.
0: Right. That's why the good one thing is intriguing to me. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, that that's very rare. I'm trying to think back in all the people I've covered, Shrant Collins. Yeah, boy, you know what? That that's good. That's good, Joe. That, that's probably the best. That's probably wow. the the best basketball player that I know that played football. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, that's um, interesting question, um, for sure. And I'm I know I'm missing another high level football player that's playing basketball. But onwards, um, Joe's favorite question from Brian Moran with the one A and two A brackets released. When these came out last week, Joe rushed to his computer and started drawing up the brackets. Which other Chicago area team? They're do on my <laughs> office wall, right? Yeah, now? exactly. Which other Chicago area team do you and Joe believe can beat Leo?
0: I don't think in that sectional that they're going to lose. So I'm going past the sectional, Mike. That Chicago area fans and probably our question asker has no clue about, but Brimfield. Mighty Mighty Brimfield, the defending oh. 1A state champs. They're 22 and one. They're ranked number three in the state. Leo's ranked number four. They have five players, four or five guys back from last year's team. They would meet in the super sectional. I think. I think it's the Calb. Uh, it is. is. That where they go. Calb. Yep. So I, you know, I I look at the brackets. I don't know. You might have a different opinion. And I can't.
1: <laughs> I do not.
0: I, I can't say I've seen any of the two A sectional teams that Leo would face. So for me to sit here and say, yeah, they could lose to them, them, and them. I've seen Leo once. I like Leo. I think they are a legit state title contender. And not knowing Brimfield, uh, I, I just going by they are the defending state champs, and they got four or five guys back. That Brimfield team lost their leading scorer from last year's team, but. So yeah, I a Leo Brimfield super sectional go down to the wire. Leo by five.
1: Yeah, I've, I've I covered Leo once. Um, they've got some size, you know. Uh, branch is very good.
0: Darius Oliver's solid, um, especially at the one A sh- level.
1: My, you know I don't know about these one A teams. I'm not going to pretend to. I have enough trouble trying to see all the three and four and some two A teams. My only reaction as I looked over the harvest christian sectional was whoa there's a school called lombard college prep yeah i didn't never heard of it never seen a score come across it technically that would be in our coverage area so lombard college prep who knew um so yeah i don't know um i mean i've seen enough leo see but usually leo would be 2a so it's tough for me to judge 1a stuff this is not some powerhouse leo squad no um, that is no, going to be able to get through They've also
0: I mean. never been in 1A.
1: Exactly. So that, that's what makes it a little tougher for me to gauge, but I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, they're the best of the local teams. I mean, that that's pretty obvious. But after that, I would have... I, I mean, it's been so long
0: since I've watched 1A.
1: Yeah, it's it's tough.
0: I've to watched know. some 2A state title games. I don't even know if I've ever...
1: The Mooseheart stuff. That, no, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That yeah. would be it.
0: Yep, yep.
1: So that's the only thing I know. Uh, and they had so much size that it's kind of different. But right. tough question. We don't pretend to be 1A experts. And uh, second question was more Al- Altoff Kenwood. It's quite the top. Oh, no. Uh, no, yeah. No, Altoff Morgan Park. So we already hit that. Um, Austin Largesse with a, a couple more questions. Long time question asker. He wants to know if Providence will make another run at the Catholic League title. If they make the championship, will they be able to handle Fenwick, or will it be
0: over from the tip? <laughs> well, it's not going to be over from the tip. Come on, what you kind of that, fool would not get, believe in get, Providence in this tournament? You get that far, you yeah. got some mojo going. Yeah, we saw that last year. But I just go back to the fact that this Providence team is not. I, I Mike, and I have twelve months ago had this Providence debate last year. It took Mike a while to. I don't know if you ever did get on board, but it took you a while to get on board with the Celtics, and I really, really liked that team a lot. This team is not as good as that team. I mean, they, they, no way. So that's why I, it, it didn't completely shock me that Providence did what they did last year. And I, I loved their guard play last year. Anyway, I, I just don't know. I don't think they can win a, pub, or a Catholic League title.
1: I have learned better than to doubt. Providence in this wacky, weird Catholic League tournament. So I'm going to yeah, say...
0: roll reversal. I mean, like a year yeah. ago, it took you forever, man.
1: It's because I believed that these were legitimate games. <laughs> and now I'm over it. This Catholic League tournament... Eh. Who knows, man? Who knows? Um, anyway... Second question from Austin. Uh, I asked you for your sleeper teams a couple weeks back. Joe, you wisely chose the Lincoln Way Central team. Does the win over Thornton in overtime at home give Bobby Curran's squad some momentum coming into March? Heck yes. Does it justify and make you feel better about them being your sleeper
0: team? Heck yes. I mean, I, uh, you know, that question, uh, we, (laughs) wait, I want to cue that thing back up because Mike's sleeper team, by the way, if if you remember, I believe it was Kenwood. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Come on. I was talking teams to win state. I don't care. That's not a sleeper. That's like me saying the Cavs are a sleeper in the NBA.
1: And the number seven, what are they, seventh ranked that win in state? That's a sleeper.
0: At that time. Anyway, yeah. uh, my true sleeper, I think I went with a true sleeper. Lakeway Central, yes. I, I completely think they remain. Well, I don't know if they're going to be a sleeper. I mean, they're, I've got them as a one seed intersectional sectional now. And... That gets you to a super, so, yeah. I mean, I, there's no question they're 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 not talked about or are, are, are they? I didn't are they currently ranked in your rankings? I just shoved them
1: in at 24? 24.
0: So I mean, they're getting a little pub now the win over Thornton. They'll probably be a one seed. I think it'd be a mistake if that wasn't a one seed in the Lockport sectional. And, but I mean, they're not a juggernaut. So
1: yeah, I, I'll tell you right now, I don't believe in them. They lost to Thornridge. But in that um, sectional? That week. Yeah, I think they'll get knocked off.
0: No, well, they could get knocked off. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not like they're in over their heads in the sectional.
1: Yeah, I, can't, I don't see them playing for the sectional title. I'm not sure they'll make the semi. I'll, I'll go that bowl.
0: I think they should be the one seed so probably. So you're losing in the regional?
1: But, yeah, I don't believe. Yeah, I think they're going to get knocked off. They're going to have to play the Lincoln Ways in the regional, um, you know, most likely. Uh, well, what, Which ones are in that? Yeah, I mean, the Thornridge could beat them. Again. You know, it's too tough. There's too many... And I'm not convinced but that that team. I've seen them play really well and play really horrible, so
0: they're they're um, they're playing well convinced. now. and you
1: know what? This made me think about the sleepers, and we're gonna have to rewind some tape. remember like the first podcast of the year we had to pick five teams?
0: Yeah, I have no clue who I picked
1: I picked West Chicago, Glenbard West, and Juliet Catholic as three. I don't remember do you, the others. How do you,
0: how do you remember that?
1: Because because they've done so well this year. I was thinking, <laughs> darn, look at this. Yeah, I have
0: yeah. no clue who my five were. Yeah,
1: I know that. I picked those three. I don't know who the other two were, but that's some gaudy record right there <laughs> with those three. West Chicago didn't really pass my look test <laughs> when I went Ooh. to cover them. <laughs>
0: no, they did not. <laughs> but, uh, but I'll, I'll – ne- actually, neither In did. In fact, <laughs> West Chicago I – I don't want to pick on West Chicago here, but what's their record right now? Oh, geez. Uh, pull. West Chicago is 18-5. and five and I don't have them as a top eight seed.
1: Yeah, they, and they wouldn't deserve it. Yeah, Ty Bibbs, although, went nuts the, the day after we saw them, or the game after we saw them, had 34 yeah. points. Couldn't believe that. I was uh, fairly annoyed. Um, also, I'll, I'll say that Glenbard West and Joy Catholic don't pass my look test either, so they might have been my sleepers, but...
0: Well, some sleepers usually don't pass your look test. That's why yeah, they're sleepers.
1: Exactly, but they have nice records and made me look not totally dumb. Um All right, onward to Alex Andre, and this is a hot topic. Question number one. Whatever happened to Kizo Brown?
0: (laughs) Good question. Yeah. Uh, Kizo just – how should we put it? I I just – has hit some roadblocks and obstacles off the court, and – we haven't seen that player that we all saw as a freshman is well, basically what it is.
1: Well, the thing is, he hasn't been on the bench in some games. He hasn't even been there. And so I'm going to, uh, Alex, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. You know, there was some medical stuff early in the year, but then I thought they'd gotten past that. He did play some significant minutes, and I think the Morgan Park game at Morgan, or Simeon, the Morgan Park game at Simeon, whatever. He played some significant minutes. He got in one of my stories, and then he's disappeared again and I know at least one game he wasn't even on the bench. So you know, I was told there were some
0: academic things at one point. Uh, towards That was more recently. So I, I, don't, I don't know the exact answer of what. I mean, it's a great question, and it is a hot topic because he's a high-profile guy who yeah. plays one of the biggest programs and played <laughs> as a freshman.
1: And it's something I get asked over and over again, so it's probably time to get some more um, clarity on what's going on there. Uh, question two how is chase adams developing uh, for those of you that don't know chase adams is a marion catholic very hyped freshman he's been starting point guard for marion for the last two years he's a sophomore now
0: i think he's coming along fine it's just at, at the rate that i i personally expected and thought as opposed to what i think a lot of other people did uh, he had a lot of fanfare a lot of hype i didn't have him as highly regarded i mean that the, the the craziness was the Euless comparisons. I just – it was unfair to Chase Adams for one. Uh, and it's just not even you, – you can't do that. It's, it's not even comparable. So, you know, he's coming along. He's a nice high school player who's got a size deficiency. And that's going to, you know, be a factor in, in, in uh, as far as how you evaluate him as a college prospect.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I would say –
0: I mean, I was just, say? I was just never, I, I, it, it, he was one of the most hyped kids that I've, that I've seen. Um, I, you know, I, I just, it, I, I, I like when small guards can overcome and do things like Tyler Ulos has done. But I mean, when you, when you're that small, you have to be like incredibly special. And I, I mean, I hope he grows. But, uh, and, he, and he's a nice player. He's, he's just a sophomore, but just the, and again, it happens a lot over just the, I don't I guess overhype is the word, but, uh, just the talk surrounding chase Adams was, I just thought was a little bit unfair coming into high school.
1: Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. It's going to be rough for him with the colleges just because like you said, because of the size, as far as a high school player, I think chase is coming along nicely He's going to be a killer senior year, a a complete stone cold high school basketball killer. And if he's got good talent around him at Marion Catholic, which he should, they're going to be an excellent, a really great team. Um, But, you know, it just it takes really good fresh. It takes a long time to become a high school basketball killer. Not a lot of people show up and are dominating freshman and sophomore year. You know, that just doesn't happen, even when you're tall. You know, it, it just, it's a process. So I think he's coming along just fine. And I, yeah, don't give up on him high school basketball wise at all, because he's going to be a real force even next year. I think he'll take a big step forward, but senior year, look right. out. Um, moving on here. Kyle Williams, who's asked a question a few times, uh, which two teams surprised you by making the elite eight in this public league tournament? Anybody, nobody surprised me. Did Anybody surprise no, me? Either? No, there was no, there's no
0: surprises at all. Yeah. Um, there's been very, that's been very few surprises in the public league tournament overall. I mean, you've got your four favorites. I know, Mike, you said one of them would get upset. Um,
1: yeah, and I thought I was sitting there for it. I was pretty excited.
0: Yeah, I mean, and North Lawndale was, was the one team I thought could pull off. I didn't see any of those other three.
1: I late. think Westinghouse outplayed my expectations. Um, that game was much closer than I would have thought.
0: Ten-point game,
1: eight-point um, game? Yeah, yeah. Th- it was less than ten, and so was the other one. Uh, Farragut, oh, yeah, out- Farragut
0: outplayed it. Um, yeah, it was closer. I just, didn't, yeah. I just didn't never, never saw those teams. And
1: Farragut with- led the- for a really long time. Curie right. needs a wake-up call. Bad. I mean, I- I've mentioned it in the notebook and the rankings. They, uh, something is off with that team right now. They're down the whole game. It seems like no matter who they play, Devin Gauge like does nothing for three quarters, and then all of a sudden he wakes up, dominates the fourth quarter, and they win. Um, it looks like Mike Oliver's getting a little fed up with it too. It sounds like he had some talk about it after the the Farragut game. But yeah, you can't you can't play like that in February and keep winning. So that that's going to be a real issue for Curie. They've got to step out and, and play a lot better from the start. You know, especially coming up against Kenwood uh, here. On Friday. But yeah, I'm a little bit worried about Curie. I was pretty sold on them about a month ago, but I haven't liked what I've seen lately. Um, All right. Next up, Leon Roberts. What am I missing about Westinghouse? You know, actually, this question was before it was from last week. It's a holdover. Um, he wants to know why we haven't been talking about Westinghouse more. They've been very competitive. They beat Uplift. They beat Farragut. They beat Marshall. They beat Lindblom. They challenged Marion Catholic, North Lawndale. Played a tough schedule. They've surpassed many expectations. He wants to know why we're not talking about them more. I'm pretty sure Leon Roberts is a Westinghouse parent.
0: Um, what was his name?
1: Leon Roberts. I think it's Josh Roberts' dad.
0: Yeah, we talked about Josh Roberts last week, I thought. But, uh, you know, a highly productive, efficient senior score. Corian Russian, obviously a junior who's... Six six, rising prospect. It would be interesting, Mike, if if Io did not transfer what that team would have been like uh, if he did not transfer uh, Io to from uh Westinghouse transfer to Morgan Park. And they had the makings of a I mean, you put Io on that team, uh, that's that's oh, a dangerous, yeah. dangerous team. Yeah,
1: they'd have been preseason Super 25 for me. I was all ready for that before the transfer. I guess to answer Leon's question, Westinghouse they don't have the wins. He just mentioned four teams they beat that aren't ranked. And, you know, haven't been since early in the season. Challenging Marian Catholic in North Lawndale isn't good enough. For me, I mean, I'm looking at my black book of uh, stuff here. I stopped tracking Westinghouse and they lost to Lincoln Park by 18 points.
0: Mm.
1: That'll do it. Um, you know, they, they, I think they have done well considering that loss of Io. That, that was crushing. You know, Bill Curry was building a team there and he lost his point guard and Superstar. Right. So what are you going to do? Uh, I think they've had a nice season. And Leon's right. They've been competitive against some good teams. They were very competitive, you know, in the quarterfinals, uh, played a tough game. They're going to be a tough uh, opponent in that sectional, 3A for sure. If they can somehow make it to play some home games, you know, they're hosting it. Who knows? Um, especially with a young team like that. I know they've... They called up, you know, a sophomore has been playing well. So, yeah, Westinghouse is definitely one to watch, but they're they're on that bubble with about 40 teams, you know, that are right there playing competitively with everybody. So that's why they haven't been mentioned more. Um, last question, Seth Pote. He says, hey, guys, loving the podcast. Last week, uh, this is actually, this is also a holdover question. Last week, you talked about relegation, Solorio, and Khalil Whitney. That got me thinking. Since Solorio didn't make it to the white for next season, Do you think Khalil Whitney could transfer out before the start of his sophomore year? If Solorio still doesn't advance to the white in time for his junior season, is it a foregone conclusion he'll transfer to a red school for his junior and senior year? I will uh, start with this one since I talked with Khalil and his dad uh, this week. Watched him play against Perspective's MSA. It was a fun game. Uh, Khalil Whitney was very good in it. And uh, I I straight up asked him, what's the deal? Are you going to stay? And I asked him the same question back in, what, late November, early December, and he was certain he was staying. But now, you know, as Seth points out, circumstances have changed. And Solorio did not win their conference. They're going to have to play in the blue again next year. And Khalil Whitney told me he didn't know. He wasn't sure. He said he's going to talk it over with his family. Um, a lot of coaches are after him. That's not a big surprise. But he did kind of talked about it for about 20 seconds, and he did end up with he thinks he'll probably stay at Solorio. Basically, the feeling I got, it's a kid who wants to stay at Solorio and isn't sure what to do now that they're in the blue again. So he, they're gonna, have, the family's going to have to balance. It's obvious he's happy at the school. It's obvious it's a good school. It's obvious he likes playing with his team. But, you know, he's got all these other options. He's got to worry about his basketball development. So I think it's going to be an interesting decision for him um, and what he's going to do. At this point... I know most of the city thinks he's gone. I'd put it at about 60-40. He probably leaves. But from talking to him, there's enough of him that wants to stay that I think maybe he could be talked into it. And from what I understand with his mother, you know, a good school is very important. And and that kind of lessens your options in the city. So it'll be interesting. It's definitely one of the top stories that we'll keep an eye on this spring, along with the Alonzo Verge stuff.
0: It's... um... I have no I, – all I have are like rumors and scuttlebutt, nothing more. And I'm just going by what you hear when you have a high-profile guy at a school that isn't high-profile and the history that we've seen over decades of the Chicago Public League. So that's why the odds to me are, are low that he stays. But I know nothing as far as what the kid, the family, and all that. So yeah, I
1: think this is – you are totally right, Joe, but this is a much different case. Hmm. When has that kid chosen Solorio to begin with? You know what I mean?
0: Right. As far as usually it's a, a kid who turns into a high profile yeah. after the fact and then he leaves. Usually, right, um.
1: the number one player usually doesn't pick a Solorio. So this, he's a different animal, uh, I think. So that makes it to me a little bit more interesting. Even like Io, who went to Westinghouse, you know, that wasn't like going to Solorio. You know, West- right. Westinghouse was building something there. They had some other D one quality players, and you know, I was wondering that myself while watching. What's your opinion, Joe, on this? I mean, I'm watching. I've watched Khalil Whitney twice with his high school team. You know, he gets to he gets to pretty much be the show. He's playing the whole game. He's the leading scorer. You know, uh, scoring option. Things run through him. The the competition well, isn't as bad as you would <clears throat> think. And he is getting challenged. You know, he had Marshawn Williams or Marshawn, Marquan Williams guarding him the whole game. I had a little trouble with that because so fast. Versus, right. At I've, Simeon coming off the bench and playing.
0: Well, there's a couple of things you look at it, Mike. Uh, you, I'll go back to the Io situation. I mean, you, you, Io Dosumo at, at, at uh, Wesson this year is playing 30, 32 minutes a game, averaging 22, 25 points a game. And he's playing a a role, a key role, no question. I and mean, he's playing plenty of minutes at Morgan Park, but obviously not getting the shots. And he'll, he'll get that next year as a junior. So, I mean, that, there's there's one example. But Westinghouse versus Morgan Park is a lot different than, let's say, a Simeon versus Solorio. I mean, with a lot of these players and families, it is a trust factor. In the relationship with the coach in high school basketball, and as to why they chose they choose their high school, and it, it's way more like college than than any suburban situation. But to me, you know, I, I don't like transfers. I love when kids stay put, so that's why I I, I hope he builds something that's lower. But them not moving up just really does kind of suck. Yeah, because uh, you will want to see him. But again, now if they, it's a matter of the uh, what the supporting cast is like going forward. Because if you're as a parent, you you know you want your kid, and especially if you're a high profile basketball player, to be in a pretty good basketball situation. So you can go out and get in a holiday tournament. You know, go play somewhere that's that's high profile. Um, you know, Anthony Davis didn't leave perspectives. You know, when he now he blew up really late, he wasn't anything like this, but I mean, he could have they could have found a way where he went somewhere his senior year, uh, after he had blown up uh, on a national level. So, I, I just but again, no one saw Anthony Davis play. It, it, I mean, he is the least watched senior superstar, number one player in the country. That I still to this day, a ton of people say, yeah, I never saw Anthony Davis play. In high school because they just they had a random T V game. Did they play at Proviso West that year? Yeah I can't remember. I think so, yeah. But I mean I, I that that's just but some parents and families don't really care about that.
1: Yeah, it's int- I wonder just about practice. If he was practicing against the Simeon kids every day. Oh yeah, it's a you know huge what I mean? That right. it seems like such a huge difference. But he is getting so much more playing time than he would be. Right, you know, there that I wonder when that balance starts to shift and they're not doing them any good. I don't know. It's an interesting thing. It would, you know, they obviously need to up their non-conference schedule um, for next year. They played like West Chicago and Elgin and some teams like that this year early. They beat Elgin, lost to West Chicago, um, but no. But and I like watching Cleo Whitney play. Play. He's a fun, really fun athlete. He can shoot it. You know, he's actually going to be a guard at his size. You can you can projection wise. Wow.
0: And um, I don't know what their lower—I don't know what their freshman and sophomore are in the, in that school in the program. They're,
1: they're with him. They're playing S- with him now.
0: I mean, how high a level they are? Yeah, man. you know what I mean. I, I'm
1: not super sold.
0: So I mean, that's no. you know you, you can talk all you want about going to schedule high profile events and playing it a proviso West or wherever at hol- over the holidays, but if you're going to just get drilled, it, it doesn't point. Yeah, it doesn't do you much good. Uh, Real quick, Mike, you sent me so many questions, and we've gotten to a lot of them. There was one we missed, and the only reason I remember is because I prepared for this one. uh, (laughs) It was Alejandro Blanco, who was the best player and the best team people don't know much about. So just because I had prepared for this, I wanted to just get to it real quick. Dulon Scott from Ferri. I wrote about him last week. It is ridiculous. We talk about recruiting, Mike. This is ridiculous. This kid has zero offers he is six foot three, guard, tough, physical, great kid, productive. It is asinine that this kid does not have a multitude of at least Division two, low Division one offers. I think he's a Division one kid, and he is my best player that people don't know much about, obviously because nobody's recruiting him. And then my best team, uh, Naperville North, has we haven't talked much about them at all. They're nineteen and four. They're going to be a two or three seed behind Bennett Academy in the East Roar Sectional. They're they played they're 19 and four and they played the major well, half the season without their best player Mitch Lewis a six foot five junior. He's finally playing major minutes back healthy following the Christmas break. So Naperville North has a shot. And no one's talked about them. they they won the DuPage Valley Conference. They're my team. It's probably the best. They're very balanced. They have a number of scores. They could be very dangerous in the state tournament and and sneak up on some people that because we haven't talked about them at all.
1: Definitely, we will talk about them some next week. You know, I watched that one game on the cube that I couldn't get to because of the Morgan Park stuff. But yeah, I'm- I was
0: there. They did not play well that night. I'm hoping uh, to
1: go see them tomorrow. Tonight, I've if you're seen listening, them a few to
0: this. times, and yeah. that was probably the worst I've seen them play. The game you watched on the cube. So yeah.
1: I'm going to go to the Naperville North, Naperville Central game Tuesday. So,
0: but uh, we got some takes. Um, ho- right. Hold up, hold up. Let's do oh, the other yeah, no two button. questions.
1: Yeah, I just hadn't hit the uh, Twitter ones. Um, I'm going to save my player for my take. Um, my team, the, the team that nobody's talking about that's good, does not have a good record. It's Thornridge. They're eight and fourteen, but they have some scalps. They have beaten some good teams. You know, they just beat Lincoln Way Central. They've been very competitive in the Southwest Suburban Red. They are one to watch. Some other ones will throw out there. Lake Forest has beaten some really good teams. Libertyville has beaten some good teams. None of these these schools don't have good records, but, wow, I would not want to face any of those three in a regional game because they've played high-level schedules, and they've had a lot of success. Um, and one of the problems is I haven't covered any of those three Um yeah. So that's also why they haven't gotten much attention because prep coverage is so horrible. Um, yeah. Other
0: question was what and the gyms was to you? What are the top five CPS gyms sent in from Champ on uh, on Twitter? You've been to more than I've been to. Uh, I a lot of them are very sterile to me. I, I, you know, the Lane Tech one came to mind for me. I like Lane Tech. The the high profile conferences of the red south and the red west i guess we talked about before here even sh- we started the podcast marshall kind of has a little bit to it i like the marshall gym it's cool unique uh old school but i, I don't know my you probably got a better
1: yeah is my favorite in the city it's one of my favorite in the state um it's just an awesome place to watch basketball um probably the coolest layout is dusable um, you know, it's one of those old school vertical type gyms where everything's above and you look down. That's a really neat place to watch a basketball game. Um, Joe, when we were talking about Lane, is Lane is cool. I've never had a great atmosphere though. There, right? It's never been full. Right. So, uh, so it's hard for me to say, but it's a, it's a nice place.
0: Thanksgiving tournament games there. Yeah. I think. <laughs> as
1: far as classic, there's a, a whole list of the second floor. Public league gyms that are very small. lincoln Park, Foreman, Von Steuben, that kind of stuff. Manly is my favorite. It's very small. I think it's even smaller than most of those. Some of those Luther head games, you know, and Crandall head games um, before he... Was he there at all? Who am I thinking?
0: I, I forgot No, man. Crandall no. wasn't.
1: Manly's awesome. It's um, a little hothouse. As far as b- the big gyms go, I really liked Corliss um hadn't been there until a couple of years ago when the cps started doing the they did the quarters right. there the second round or whatever it's fun because it gets some natural light um it's open it, it's a different feel from the other cps gyms um so i really like that one a lot i also really like the king gym they always get a lot of it's always packed it's a real shame to me that they're dropping to the white and the, the history like there's an old they haven't changed the uh, you know how the Schools used to have the roster names and numbers next to the scoreboard. Well, they, right. have, they haven't changed it since Amari Sawyer was there. So his, Really? Yeah, his
0: thing is still up That's, there. That dates way back compared to my Farragut. <laughs> they did the same at Farragut when they had, yeah. had uh, I can't remember who was up there. Right. It was like four year, um Oh, Rashawn Stimmage was still up there.
1: Yeah, so it's pretty cool to go in there and still see Amari Sawyer like he's going to come out and play. So the King Gym is neat. Um There's a lot of... I've heard Sullivan Gym's pretty wild. I've never been to that one. Um, But yeah, it it, it isn't as interesting as you would think, the CPS Gyms. They're either small or they're the same kind of big ones. So there's not a lot... Although I probably haven't been... I've probably only been to a third of them. There's just so many. Um, and the new ones are all really lame and sterile. The Westinghouse and Brooks and Brooks, right? Yeah, not not good. So the CPS is just as bad as the suburban new gyms. <laughs> it's uh, n- not a not a golden age in gym building. The only new gym I've enjoyed is the Ridgewood one. It's a nice uh, yeah, a nice gym. Nice place. But
0: every week we do uh, two takes and Mike gives his two takes on something and I give my two takes. My first one, I'm zeroing in on, on an individual player. It's actually going to be in the paper tomorrow, sometimes on Tuesday. Well, you you may have already read it <clears throat> if you're listening to this on Tuesday, but it, it's it's a, a kind of a forgotten senior player who is kind of amazing that he was forgotten at all, and not completely forgotten. But Zach Norvell of of Simeon, this is a kid who plays for the, the one of the most recognized programs in the state. He has not really been talked about in the same breath with as, as much as Charlie Moore of Morgan Park, who's the player of the year favorite, you know, the, the, the burst upon our, our high school basketball season seniors like Justin Pierce of Lembard West and Mike Smith of Fenwick, Nick Rakosevich. We've talked endlessly about, you know, even I'll pick on my, my colleague here uh, at the preseason, we, we, well, Mike talked about a uh, Simeon player as player of the year, potentially, Josh Thomas. And here Zach Norvell is. He has been an absolute rock for Simeon. And he has filled the stat sheet. He's played at a consistently high level. He's big. He's strong. He's composed. He plays the right way. He's a terrific kid. Uh, you know The way he composes himself on the floor doesn't get rattled, stays under control. And he's playing for a team that's, Simeon and, and a state title type of you know contender in four A. Yet I don't think we. Well, I know I haven't, and I don't think we've talked a lot about him even on our podcast or written much about him. Obviously, he gets coverage because he's at Simeon, but I just, I, I just, Joe, think I think singer. you're insane.
1: <laughs> what oh. are you talking about? He's oh, been in the Player haven't... of the Year watch with me for half the year. No. No, we spent the first two weeks of the season talking about Josh Thomas as yeah, player but of the year. I've written about Zach Norvell so much I'm bored. He was in my player of the year watch that I was doing every Monday too for
0: uh, over I, a month. Okay, if he's a little player of the year blur blotch, that's fine. I have not heard Zach Norvell conversation at all. I I, I, I haven't. And, wow. uh, no, we
1: talked about he had like some dominant stretches in the big you know against Fenwick, especially. And uh, Pontiac,
0: yeah, I think I'm he'd... from the beginning of the season until now. Zach Norvell has not gotten the pub that other guys have gotten. There's, there's no way. Yeah, those, no, no, the, no, those way. Simeon
1: guys, man, they just get no coverage. <laughs> what? I think you're no. Out of your Josh mind. Thomas got a full
0: page <laughs> player of the year story. Yeah, it was a column. Yeah, I mean, come on. And Zach Norvell, so they're right there. I mean, your comparison to to Simeon guys is not even. But no. But since then, Zach Norvell's gotten
1: way more pub because he's been the better player.
0: Yeah, that's the, the no-brainer. I mean, we had a slip-up, I think, back in November. That's fine.
1: It wasn't it was, a slip-up. It was Josh Thomas is the one who came out and said it. If Zach yeah, Norvell had said I, that,
0: we talked on this thing. podcast about him as a sleeper for Player of the Year. We did. That is that is crazy talk.
1: So so let me get this straight. When I pick crazy, s- w- w- when talk. I pick sleepers, you're not happy. <laughs> but when I pick no, you non-sleepers, pick you're not you're happy. Like,
0: he's not. A guy that you know isn't going to be in the top three scorers in your team, you know you can't be player of the year. Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Yes, uh, you and, did. No, I didn't. Nor- Norvell's taken a real step forward this you year. You had to know no. that he's not going to average
0: more points than Zach Norvell.
1: I didn't, know. No, no way.
0: That's, that's I, had, com-
1: I had no confidence in that. Um, How? Because that, 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 Zach Norvell didn't play anything like this last year. He's been an absolute monster this year. Um, I mean, it seems ridiculous now, but after what I remember, I don't watch AAU stuff.
0: Last year's high school know, basketball season game. I mean, I love Josh Thomas. What he brings to the table, but he still isn't. He can't shoot. I mean, it's a problem. And you know, he does a lot of other things well, but it, it's just to be in a player year your conversation.
1: And, is, and the other thing with Zach Norvell is one of the things we've mainly talked about. Simeon would be undefeated if he could hit free throws.
0: Well, okay, we're gonna pick on Zach no, no. Norvell. It, it well, And Josh Thomas, both
1: of them. They, <laughs> yeah, they both they I, both own it,
0: and they know that, and Simeon knows I just that, think but. we've talked – my point is this. We have talked – and I, I don't recall you and me talking to Zach Norvell on this podcast hardly at all. My point is we've talked Nick Rakosevich a ton. We've talked Charlie Moore nonstop, where basically nobody's even in player of the year conversation anymore. Uh, Mike Smith had that terrific run, and we we – I just think – He's a little bit underappreciated for what he does on a high level. Well,
1: I mean, the, the, the reason is... And he
0: plays for Simeon. Yeah, the reason's simple.
1: He lost to Charlie Moore in the first game, and Moore outplayed him. Devin Gage outplayed him, and he lost to him in the Pontiac title game. And then when Simeon did beat Morgan Park, it was Evan Gilliard that shined. And then Fenwick and Mike Smith beat Norvell. Well, and yeah, I'll play it. So, out
0: individual games. Sure. But, but I'm, those I'm are the saying, biggest games of the year. I'm right? talking course of the year. 21 and three. Who's been Simeon's best player? Oh, Norvell. No
1: question. And he's been. And you're right. He's been one of the top five players in the state. And I don't think yeah.
0: he's been talked about like that. It's because he he's lost all
1: those games or well, not man, been the
0: best player. Zach Norvell has not lost those games. Well, he didn't win them. Well, I can't. But, I, but you, you can't. We're just we're talking about a guy who's one of the five. You just said he's one of the five best players. Yeah, maybe three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, so besides I don't for... Think, yeah. I, I, I just think it's crazy that we're, we haven't talked about him more. All right. That's all. That's my first take. Go. That was too long. <laughs> my or, first take
1: is someone who is actually <laughs> ignored. Um, Hillcrest's Marcus Garrett. I, you know, I've seen him twice this year. He's one of those guys where he's been around the scene for a while. He also has a very common name. I don't think that's helping him at all, Marcus Garrett. But, <laughs> you know, I was thinking about that. Why does he's got a really common name, and you almost got to think twice, Marcus Garrett, blah, blah, blah. Well, geez, Mike um, Smith
0: shouldn't surely get any.
1: <laughs> yeah, it took a while, yeah. But Marcus Garrett, the player I went and saw against HF, oh, my goodness. That's a player of the year candidate next year. He's, well, he was that good. <laughs> I mean, and you look, go back and look at his numbers. He's getting 20 points and almost 10 rebounds in every single Hillcrest game. And he has just become that guy where he's not, oh, this is a good player anymore. He is the alpha dog on the court. And I'm talking, you know, in an HF Hillcrest high-level game with plenty of seniors around that are doing good stuff, this guy is the unstoppable force. And, you know, I was looking at where some people have him ranked. He's just horribly low right now. and I think he's taken, quietly taken a step forward while nobody was really watching. His game and to me he's so you know even from a recruiting standpoint, you know he's an actual guard you know and he's got some good size. he looks longer than he did even at the start of the year. I, I think he's really developing. I know he's going to play with the fire and he did last year uh, and he played up for them a little bit um, from what I understand. Oh well, he, he's,
0: he's a sleeper for sure. I mean he's legit I mean that's not really the topic of their two takes but and, and that's why my, my side of it I'm not saying Zach Nobel's a sleeper at all. Um, but yeah, he is
1: I but mean Hillcrest
0: Marcus- is quietly I mean, they 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 do their thing and they win their forty sixth straight conference championship, but uh they're quietly I mean they're eighteen and five. They're they're young. They've got some young they're gonna be very good next year.
1: Yeah, I just I, I was very surprised when I went to see and I've tried to write about Marcus Garrett. The problem is they keep much like the Zach Nerville thing, they keep losing these games I go to. And so I end up having to write, you know, you can't lead your Story with the guy who lost, even though he was by far the most impressive player in the game. So that's been a problem. Hopefully Hillcrest can get a run here because you got a guy to me who the Tribune and Sun Times hasn't written about at all, who is, has just had a dynamite year.
0: Um, you're yeah, next. my second take is just it's just it's kind of a repeat of some things we've talked about over the course of the year. This season being wide open and and teams taking advantage of it and rising to the occasion. And there are some. Some teams that have done Lincoln Way Central, uh, you know, if you look at that that conference, you look at Lincoln Way West, Bradley Bourbonnais, Thornwood. We talked about them. In fact, all three of them I had in the preseason top twenty-five, and Lincoln Way Central is ahead of them all in a in a Southwest suburban red. Teams like that. Teams like Batavia in the Upstate Eight River. Batavia. It wasn't picked to be in the top four by anyone, and St. Charles East, Geneva, Larkin, and here Batavia has risen to the top. You know, nine and one, Upstate Eight River Conference champs. You, uh, a Glenbard West, Oak Park River Forest was was the prohibitive favorite, and Mike sleeper back in November. Glenbard West is, uh, you know, they climbed into the rankings, had that fifteen and zero start, and here they are going to win their first conference title in in forty three years you know just highlighting these stories is one thing in a year that eh, has not been the greatest high school basketball season but it's it's pretty cool for these teams to be able to climb their own conference ladder beat their rivals and and, and kind of shine a, a little bit brighter than i ever than most of us ever thought including even coaches in their own leagues
1: yeah, Batavia is a strange one because they've done it in their conference and they sure haven't done it non-conference. You right. know, it's very weird. They're, they're one loss in the conference and eight overall. Yeah, I can't figure that. that yeah, out. Yeah, and
0: your 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 newly newly uh, top twenty-five team Manuka, is the same way. You know, they won the league outside the league. I mean, they went. I think they went two and two or two and three at the Jack Tash Holiday Tournament, which is a collection of you know, average to slightly above average teams. And so, I mean, but but again, this is the year where a lot of these teams have taken advantage and good for them. I mean, and, and uh, it, it's good to point out the success some of them have had that even when no one really anticipated happening.
1: Yeah, and I think it's interesting. I remember making the comment in the podcast. I was getting worried. You know, we had like, I had Lincoln Way West and Bradley Bourbonay and some other teams in the ranking. And I remember throwing out, boy, what if we do all this? And then Proviso East and Thornton and West Aurora all just are their usual selves. And it turned out that two of the three definitely were. And I think you can add Holman Flossmore to that. You know, they weren't supposed to win that conference. Um, no. This year with the, the, with the talent Juliet West had coming back and what they did. And they went out and did it. So props to HF. I think that, like Batavia, they only had one loss in a competitive conference, you know, so far this season. But yeah,
0: they're ten and one.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's something. And that, that conference well, and then, everybody usually gets two losses almost at least.
0: Well and nobody I mean Thornton is Thornton, but nobody thought Thornton. Exactly. Yeah, they were ten and one they were in, a, in a very competitive league. They were
1: supposed to be the third best at best in that conference. You know. Right. Uh, anyway, my second take. I mean, uh, mark down the time stamp on this, because I would like to applaud the Chicago Public League for helping snap me out of my high school basketball funk. I don't know who did it, but whoever decided to have the quarterfinals in those gyms of the higher seed in the high schools instead of some horribly sterile neutral court, thank you so much. That North Lawndale Morgan Park game was absolutely spectacular. It was everything I want high school basketball to be. It was it was a perfect afternoon. That gym was packed. There were students all over the place. They were driving Nickervin insane. <laughs> they were right behind his bench, standing up the whole time, just messing with him. It was Everything, you know, it was a good environment, it was a safe environment, there were no hijinks, nothing bad happened. The basketball was off the charts, fun, passionate, high level. I mean it was it was a dream game. It was so much fun to watch. And I can't I can't remember the last time there was a public league quarterfinal game with that kind of energy and excitement. You know, I heard things were cool over at Curie. It sounds like Simeon was only half full. Um, didn't get a report on some of the others. But it was just, it was great. It was great that the game was in the community. I can't remember the last time the west side of Chicago at a high school, you know, a big gym like that in Collins got to experience that. And it's something that suburban schools get every week. And so I, I was just I – was, I was happy for the North Lawndale community. I was happy for everybody. You know, they didn't get the win, but, man, that was fun. And it was a really special event. And I, I so hope that we can keep doing that and keep having things like that in their communities so these kids can experience high school basketball and enjoy high school basketball. And that's the way that, you know, this sport survives and becomes a big deal. It does not survive by super teams – playing games at UIC Pavilion. It, thats just—it just It's not helping anybody. And it's not helping anybody when they take these games out of the community and move them way down to Corliss where there's no public transportation so that everybody can go to a big gym and a bunch of junior college coaches can watch. Stop doing that. High school basketball is for the kids in high school, and we saw on Saturday just what a beautiful thing that can be when you leave it in the community.
0: You think the semis should be – in the gyms, then? High school gyms?
1: No, they're too big. Um, I'm okay with the semis, neutral court. I mean, I think that makes sense. It's just not fair. They've And they've played these two games, you know, but in they've the got to fit, in
0: now, I, I agree mostly with everything you said. But you've got to figure out a... You, you, this semi-final setup, originally at uh, Little Village, and then moved to Attack or Quest or whatever, you got to have a spot, man. You. you, you That that's awful. Yeah, to to play that game there, those games. I mean, I had one publicly coach say, University of Chicago. You know, Uh, another one, you know, said, I'm not a huge fan of Chicago State. Uh, I think it's okay, but I, I I just yeah, I find somewhere the the girls' Uh,
1: title game was at University of Chicago, which was interesting. I think that is, um, transportation wise. You know, accessibility, that's an excellent location um, for that. That would be great. I have no idea why, you know, that's not happening. Uh, quest, attack, whatever, is a disaster for parking-wise. Um,
0: well, everything about it. Yeah. And I was talking to another public league coach is going to be playing, in and they're like, there's 8,000 lines on the court. <laughs> you can't even tell on the yeah. floor, like, what's what. And...
1: You know, they did it there. I think the title game was there 10 years ago or so.
0: No, I remember that that it was a big, huge problem of finding a place. it ended up there last minute, I think. Yeah, um, uh, this
1: is a problem that's solved, I think. You know, the, the semis—they'll probably even move the quarters to DePaul, um, but the semis and title game will be at DePaul for sure. In what? Yeah, I year? would think that'd be ideal. Yeah, um, they, they, it's in the contract. I think I've mentioned that they, the contract. You know, the city paid for this with some tax money. So in the contract with DePaul, I think it was twenty-eight ga- dates are set aside for the public league. So they've got it. They, they're they not going to have to worry How about... How many dates? Like 28. Jeez. Uh, well, I think there's going to be more than basketball.
0: I right, get, but I mean, there's still a lot of dates to fill.
1: It was a lot. Um, well, you know, you got girls stuff. Girls and boys. You, you and got wrestling. I mean, maybe they'll try and do some other stuff, volleyball stuff there. Um, who knows, but it's just going to solve so many problems. They're not going to have to worry about unpaid bills, which I think have been an issue at some other venues about people kicking them out because stuff happens like the United Center, whatever, they're going to have a home. It'll be, I think it'll be cool
0: to have a home. I think it'd be, I think it's just going to be cool to have a place that maybe not the first year, second, but after you've done it for seven, eight, 15 years at that, you know, that's where we go. That's where we get to play.
1: Yeah, it'll be nice. I think it'd be cool if they could keep the quarters in the gyms and then move the big two, the final four. I can't, I um, can't
0: decide on the quarters. I, I know exactly what you were saying, and that's cool. But that wasn't, I don't know. I, what kind of crowd, if, that, if, that, if those four quarterfinal games were at UIC Pavilion on Saturday, what kind of crowds do you think we get?
1: I don't have to think. I did that for years.
0: It's crap. It's horrible. But why? Why is that?
1: The kids don't come. It's too far away. You should have seen it. Um, when I was leaving, I left right after the North Lawndale-Morgan Park game. You know, well, after my interviews. I usually write the story there. But I live pretty close, and the story wasn't due for a while, so I drove home. All the kids were leaving. They were headed to the bus stop. They were headed to the train. I mean, these they don't their parents aren't dropping them off at UIC. They don't have cars. You know, it's not... They get they go to school at Collins. You know, that's they know how to get there, that's how they get there. That's their school. I don't under it's it's pretty simple. I mean, you gotta keep it where they can go and where it doesn't have to be a fan bus, you know, or, or that kind of stuff. Um I mean, that's it. You have to Have it at the school. It's easy. I mean kids are streaming out of there. It was it was great.
0: Yeah, I just I haven't seen big, huge crowds at a lot of the public league. I don't know.
1: Yeah, at certain schools. I mean, you end up going to a lot of the powerhouses, and and they don't have that. You know, King's got a wonderful following. Kenwood is one. where Kenwood is one. Yeah, they got a great following. Brooks, do you remember all the people they brought when they went to the city title stuff? Mm -hmm. They're one of the few schools that did help fill up, you know, Chicago State and UIC um, very well. But, yeah, there's a lot of schools that if you just keep it in their community, they will come out for sure. Um, I think we've hit that. Big weekend ahead
0: on this big lengthy podcast uh record breaker I see our time but mike we got oh jeez we didn't even do our previews yet we haven't even talked about oh, the boy. biggest week week <laughs> really the biggest weekend of the season too many questions uh, yeah you know the uh public league semifinals are the four best teams i think we all agree yeah and their rematches how do you see them going oh boy they're both you know I mean, Kenwood Curie, each of these matchups are are conference games that have been played twice already and they have split.
1: Oh, and and it gets weirder than that. And each of them won in the on the road game.
0: Yeah. All four games. Kenwood did win without Devin Gage playing. Curie, as you mentioned, doesn't quite seem to be at the peak that they were midseason. I think of the four teams, there's one team that jumps out at me as the most approved in the semifinals, and that's Kenwood. It is the, I mean, all Curie, Simeon, Morgan Park all have city titles within the last four years, maybe five. And Kenwood is this new program on the cusp of something that's been talked about, and that's my biggest take, storyline, my third take is, you know, Kenwood, is this is their opportunity to really show that they've arrived. And the first step is knocking off Curie with Devin Gage in the lineup in the semifinal and getting to the city championship on Sunday.
1: Yeah, I'm not when you said that. I mean, I do agree. These are the four best teams. However, I'm not. Kenwood's the one. North Lawndale might be better than Kenwood. I, I even thought about bumping them ahead in the rankings, but then I couldn't do it. You know, they're like coming off a loss. Um, I saw Mike Helf got the trip really bumped. North Londale up after seeing them once you see them it's hard not to believe in them they just have that style like Morgan Park does so anyway I'm gonna go with um Public League Mojo because generally holds. it held in these series whoever won the first one lost the second one so I think it's pretty easy to pick you go with uh Morgan Park and Kenwood
0: well I'm gonna stick to when the whole thing started I said Morgan Park would beat Curie in the final so I'm going to – usually sometimes you make that pick, and by the time it happens, you change it. That's Simeon Morgan Park. Simeon looked good against Whitney Young. They look good. They, piss, mean, they, they
1: pissed off Morgan Park is the problem. Um, they're, they're mad but, about tongues sticking out and all this stuff.
0: But uh, I'm going to go in the rubber match with Morgan yeah. Park. And then, uh, again, I'm going with what I picked originally. Morgan Park over Curie in the championship game.
1: Yeah, so then what? I've got Morgan Park and Kenwood in the title game. That doesn't even seem close.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, because you had – I can't remember who you picked in the, when we did this. Uh, who did you have in the Curie. final?
1: Curie. I think I had Curie winning.
0: Curie beating – I think you had Morgan Park losing earlier. Yeah. Did, Did the, you, the North Lions? I, I think you had Simeon.
1: Simeon. Yeah, I think I, I I Pontiac rematch. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But uh, so I
1: guess I could still get it. But
0: And then, real quick, that's the the, the city suburban showdown. Just real quickly, is Saturday night at Lions Township. RB gets a shot at being a huge underdog. They play Morgan Park, which I think Morgan Park cruises in that one. And then Simeon Evanston, no gel Eastern, and Evanston take on. You know, a Simeon team that, depending on what they do Friday night, could be – you never know what, the, what that's going to – I mean, Simeon sky high after beating Morgan Park, and do you have a letdown or are you playing at a high level? Do you lose to Morgan Park and now you're, you're feeling it and you come in a little low? It's, that's going to – the emotion part of that Saturday night game is going to be interesting to see when Simeon faces Evanston. Well, same thing
1: for Morgan Park. Um, what if they? No, lose? I don't.
0: Yeah, but Morgan Park's not getting the opposite, the opposing team that Simeon's getting.
1: I'm not sure there's that much difference between RB and Evanston.
0: Um, well, I know that you will yeah. always, forever say that. <laughs> but I because... hate our.
1: But I hate Riverside Brookfield too. Don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you, are, you. Are, I got. I got.
0: Uh, next year, I'm keeping dates on your highs and lows on teams. You go extremes. Well, when I when I love you, extreme. When I love you and you piss me
1: off, you went my, I dump you, yeah.
0: October conversations of RB potential. Yeah, loved one, RB, yeah. Uh to out of the rankings to uh, whatever, but no, I mean Morgan Park RB. The matchup itself, I don't, I don't like. I don't, well, you've I
1: don't got RB in their Super Bowl and Morgan Park with a meaningless game sandwiched in between two huge. Yeah, I
0: will say that too. You're right. I mean, you you keep mentioning
1: that it's big for Simeon, but it's the same thing for Morgan Park. I mean, they might beat Simeon in the Battle of Incense Friday
0: night. But do you think Morgan Simeon is going to be a little bit cognizant of who they're playing Saturday night in Evanston and No Gel Eastern? That Morgan Park is RB.
1: Yeah, I disagree. That's in RB's favor. This This is Morgan Park's first appearance in this event, right?
0: So, With yeah. Nick and RB will also have, I would think, a huge, huge crowd. Yeah,
1: this is going to be nope. a it's a, a Hornets nest for Morgan Park right uh, after the yeah. Battle of Incense. No, it, it,
0: it's similar. I just I, I, it's going to be interesting to see how those teams come back, win or lose from Friday night.
1: Yeah, and I think it's more likely that Morgan Park is going to be a, the team that has to guard against the letdown because they're more likely to have won Friday and then to have to play for the city title Sunday. And so then they've got this game in the middle, uh, which is very awkward to me. If I've just beaten Simeon and I have to play... You say
0: more than likely winning?
1: Yeah, I mean, they're the number one team. They're the favorites, you know, to win Friday. Um, yeah, but
0: don't you think that's a toss-up? I mean, Simeon did just win at Morgan Park.
1: Yeah, but... And, that's, and Simeon that, that's really be, good against That's winning. because Morgan Park beat Simeon. Uh, the first It's public league mojo. Whoever wins the last... it's. The way it's always gone, uh, I'm pretty confident Morgan Park has more, you know, motivation for this game on Friday. Um, they just do; they're angry about it. So yeah, yeah, I think they're the favorites. I'd by five, I'd say, but no, anybody can do it. Well, it'll be interesting to see what the college court, the impact that has on the Morgan Park Simeon game um, this year. I know Arthur Goodwin likes to talk about that, but we have seen some very different results. Um, On the college court with with these teams over the years. And no matter who
0: gets through Simeon Morgan Park, how big of a factor is Sunday? Having played Morgan Park-Simeon Friday. Exactly. High-profile game Saturday. And then Currier-Ken was just sitting there waiting. Coming there on Sunday for a third game in three days. Yeah. I mean, you'll never really – I mean, you'll probably be able to tell by how they – if they look a little gassed or what, but – yeah, that's uh, going to be that's
1: got rough for anybody. I mean, especially since both teams are so dependent on you know a handful of players to score. You know,
0: well, you're talking I mean, Simeon's playing three top 5 teams. Yeah. If they if they go that route.
1: Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be tough for any of them. A nice test for the state tournament. I mean, whoever comes out of that, you're going to know it's just
0: hard to see well, I mean, Morgan Parker, Simeon, one of those go 3-0. and Yeah, then
1: that's, all of a sudden.
0: That's, that's pretty. That's a pretty wow for this season.
1: Yeah, I mean, you got a new number one um, if, if it's Simeon. And yeah, I guess we haven't really talked about that. Morgan Parks uh, has not th- all year. You know, they've been, I guess, I was Stevenson number one all year last year too? I think I've had a lot of all-year number ones recently.
0: So real quick. Yeah chance evanston you're you're i know you have your 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 evanston rant or your podcast last week yeah evanston simeon
1: boy it's this is tough for me because evanston and rb both of them have so much this game is so much bigger for them you know than it is for morgan park and simeon that that's got to play a huge role in it but i have a hard time seeing evanston beating simeon so i'll go with simeon
0: yeah, I mean, I I'm going Simeon and Morgan Park. I think Morgan Park wins double figures. Um and I think Simeon Evanston is in that eight to ten range, seven to ten point range.
1: Oh, really? Hmm.
0: But there's there's a whole bunch of games this weekend, though, even in conference play. I mean, yeah, I, we got a
1: lot of good Friday games. Um Evanston, Main South, New Trier Niles West. Notre Dame at Marist, St. Viator at St. Pat's, Libertyville at Stevenson, Crete Money at Bloom, Plainfield North at Oswego, Thornwood at Thornton, St. Charles East at Larkin. It's a horrible shame that all those games are the same night as the CPS semis. Anyone you wanted to hit quick, Joe? Well, uh,
0: I mean, uh, I, I, this Bloom team, I, I was kind of on board with as a sleeper going into March. Uh, Jamal Parks playing at a high level. I think that's kind of a a, me, a big time measuring stick for them this this Friday night.
1: Yeah, definitely. And and Dwayne Rose, um, Jr. has really been playing well for Crete Moni. That's an interesting matchup between two guys who've really come on strong in the second half of the season. Crete Money, who did they just lose to? Um, kept them out of my rankings. World, Rich uh, South
0: or Rich Central, I think. Yeah,
1: they lost rich south two weeks ago and i think yeah rich central this week so i don't know what's going on there you know those are the riches don't get enough credit they're good teams um some of the north suburb let's put it this way they're the main south and new trier and libertyville and lake forest of the south suburbs um you don't want to play them they don't got great records um i think the plainfield north oswego game is interesting you know plainfield north can play really well kevin krieger now there's a guy we haven't talked about that's really good um a lot of college coaches ask about him you know they're kind of wonder about his athleticism and all that stuff. I think he's an absolute beast um, and a heck of a player. Oswego's been playing well. um, They have everybody back now. um, So that's an interesting game. Thornwood is definitely going to have a chance to knock off Thornton. Um, It's going to be their Super Bowl of the year, you know, coming into Thornton who's gotten all the press. Thornwood's been playing okay lately. That'll be a a fun game.
0: Also a Marist home game. Marist needs a big win. Marist has got a lot of wins. But they're still looking and, and Notre Dame has been up and down, I know, but um you know, Mar- if Maris could knock off Notre Dame, that I think that's a a, a big push in the right direction. Sure for would.
1: And boy do I like Maurice Commander. I had a I really enjoyed watching him play. I'm looking forward to doing it again. He's sophomore guard. Um, for the Red Hawks. It, to me, just had checked all the boxes for a really exciting, you it's know. fun to watch, Yeah, too. star high school point guard over the next few years. That team's in really good hands, and it's going to be fun to watch him evolve over the next few seasons. So I guess we should wrap up. It's been a long one. It's going to be a great weekend. Get out there, see some games. I'm sure I'll see a lot of you guys out at these games. It's going to be fun, and I'm, we're going to have so much to talk about <laughs> next week. It's going to be... Wow, it's going to be quite the wrap-up podcast, so don't miss that one. We will see you next week.